you know, your mom was always the one that brought you the tray and made you the cheese toast and took your temperature and crushed up the aspirin in your applesauce. It's really hard switching over to that role. Hey everyone, and welcome to Jerry Talk, a podcast for modern caregivers juggling work, home, family, kids, and finances, all while caring for an aging parent or loved one. We know how overwhelming life can be, especially when you're trying to care for someone who's aging. So Jerry Talk is here to provide you with resources, tools, and support so that you can not only survive this time, but thrive. I'm your host, Kelly Adams, a certified senior advisor and founder and CEO of Beyond Home Care. I've really loved this podcast so far. Everyone I interview has just been really awesome and brings a different perspective to our community of caregivers. And today is no different. So today on the podcast, I'm joined by my dear friend, Jenny Luttrell, who talks with us about becoming a caregiver in that role reversal that tends to happen as our parents age. For so long, it doesn't matter what age we really are, we're the child and they're the parent. But there can come a time when that role changes. And so Ginny really dives into the feelings and the emotions and the role reversal that happens. I love Ginny's story about her mother. I love her mother's wishes for her final months and for her funeral. And so I'm not going to keep us any longer. Listen to the end so you can hear it all. Here's my friend Ginny. My name is Jenny Luttrell, and I am about to be 55 years old. I'm married, and I have two grown girls. They're 24 and 26 who both live in South Carolina, and they're both employed and on their own. Professionally, I used to be an attorney. I used to practice law in South Carolina, but I haven't in a number of years. I just enjoy doing a lot of volunteer work, and um, I kind of feel like that's kind of where I can give back because I had the time to do it. So I do a lot of stuff for Russell Hospital Foundation. I've done a lot of stuff for uh, Children's Harbor. I sat on the board of directors, and I uh, do a lot of stuff for the elementary school that my kids went to in their library. I volunteered there for 14 years. So my day is, you know is busy, but it's busy in a different way than people who have children still at home. But I still get to the end of the day and think, oh my gosh, this day is already over. <laughs> I'm not sitting at home and eating bonbons. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Jenny, I've never known you to be a <laughs> somebody who's <laughs> sitting quietly and you're always involved in something. Absolutely. I just, I just, I enjoy being busy and I just, it's my personality to get out and, and do and help where I'm needed, you know, just do what, what's, if somebody asked me to help, I'm always like, sure, no problem. When do we show up? So. So as a caregiver, when did that journey kind of start for you? Um, well, that journey started, I would say about five years ago or so. My mother was diagnosed with a really rare form of blood cancer called myelofibrosis. And it basically is where your bone marrow stops creating red blood cells. And because of her age, her prognosis was not good. It makes you extremely tired. It causes a lot of pain, Mm. problems breathing. So she was on oxygen 24 hours a day. Her spleen enlarged. She was on a lot of different medications. It was just not a fun journey, not, and Mm -hmm. it never is, but, um, 
not only was I worried about my mother and trying to come and help and cook and do what I could do, I was really concerned about my father because I really believe, and I'm sure there's exceptions to everything, but I really believe that women are better prepared to be on their own than mm-hmm. men are because men gone from their mother's care to maybe the military's care to their wife's care, especially in that generation. Right. And my, my mom, I mean, my dad is currently 83. So, you know, we're talking, you know, the, you know, an older generation of people with a more traditional. Right. So anyway, they, um, you know, I was really concerned about my dad and how he was going to handle this and not just being by himself, but also taking care of himself. And that was part of it is I felt like it was a two pronged thing in preparing my dad to be alone. When, when it did happen, when my mother Um, passed away, which was October of 17. He just could not handle being by himself. I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time traveling back and forth between Birmingham, where I live, and Atlanta, where I grew up, and spending a lot of time just being with my dad, just being another body in the house. So he wouldn't be there alone, but also having to teach him how to shop for himself and figure out, you know, his level of being able to handle things in the kitchen were nil. I mean, it's warming up a cup of coffee and putting bread in the toaster was the extent of his cooking skills. Mm -hmm. But backing up and being with, you know, helping him with my mom, that was just a, a, I found myself almost in the role of negotiator because they needed home health care, but yet, you know, older people were very private. They were used to being the two of right. them on their own and handling anything that came down the pike. And so having strangers, you know, in your house is hard for a lot of people under the best of circumstances. And when you're sick, to have somebody in your home and doing for you on a very personal basis was very difficult for my mom and my dad, both of them. And, um, and I think one of the problems we had where I had to talk to the people who ran the home health care service about this, and it was certainly not anything racist. It was the fact that my parents really had problems understanding people who spoke English as a second language. And I think part mm. because they were old and they're getting deaf, they can hardly understand me. And second of all, because I just think their ear was not attuned to an accent from another country, whether it be, you know, Philippines or Hispanic country or whatever, they just had issues getting over that. And I felt like I was interpreting English to English a lot. And right. so that was just one of those things where it made the whole process of having somebody in your house for them a little bit harder. But going back to the negotiations, I mean, there had to, my mom was a very private person and just to have somebody she didn't know in her house, bathing her and helping her to the restroom and stuff was really hard for her. And we just had to just be gentle, but firm. And that takes a toll on me as a daughter to see my mother be so in distress about that. It was just. Well, especially she was so independent. 
at one time. And so that's such a change. I'm sure as a daughter, that is hard to see your mother in that role. It really was. It. I mean, she was, you know, per- mentally perfectly fine and, you know, physically perfectly fine until like a certain point. And then all of a sudden um, she got really sick and it was sort of like you turned a page, there was a new chapter and she, you know, and then she needed help. So you could say, you know, up until last Wednesday, she was driving herself to the grocery store and then all of a sudden, bam, she's not. And so seeing my, and my mother is, was always a very strong person, you know, in all ways, she was the rock and the person we could always talk to. And then to have it all of a sudden change and you're the one that you realize they're looking at you for what should we do? It put, you as a child, even though you're an adult child, it puts you as the child in a very odd position to all of a sudden be making decisions for your parents or with your parents, but kind of guiding them. For me, it was just, it was just a big change. It was emotionally hard and, but you just kind of look forward and you do what you have to do. And then I would go home and I would cry to Joe (laughs) because, you know, he's, he's my support. So, um, Right. So anyway, and I'm lucky that I do have such a good, strong, sweet husband because he was like, you go as many times you stay as long as you need to stay. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. And I was so grateful to have a husband that wasn't saying, well, when are you coming home? You know, right. he was just totally supportive of what I was going through and knew that I was where I needed to be and verbalized that, you know, said to me, Your parents need you a lot more than I need you. Hey guys, I want to interrupt real quick. If you're loving Jerry Talk, and we hope that you are, can I ask a huge favor? I need you to rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's now called. The more people who review and rate us, the more likely someone else can find Jerry Talk in this huge sea of podcasts. So if you could just pause this podcast for one second, run over to Apple Podcast, rate and review us, and then jump right back in, I would so appreciate it. Thanks. Back to the show. For me to take care of myself physically, which also helped me take care of myself mentally, was possibly one of the best things I could have done for myself. It, and I Absolutely. Did, this, this fitness program is is one that I can do anytime, you know, in my own home, on my own. It's not where I have to go to a gym or I have to meet somebody. So it made it very flexible. And um, But I think that keeping up your gym membership, if you've got that, or finding somebody to walk with, you know, just something where it's just you or just you and a friend. I think that that to me was one of the most beneficial things that I did. And it was not, like I said, it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just something I was like, man, I'm getting a little poofy. So I ought to lose some weight. It turned out to be just possibly the best thing I could have done for myself. Well, what's so interesting is that when we talk about self-care, a lot of times, you know, it's the basics. It's eating right, exercising, getting that mindfulness in. And I mean, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Right. right? Because you feel almost selfish taking time away Mm -hmm. from your family and from your home. And you're thinking, you know, I haven't scrubbed the toilets, you know, this week or whatever it is you feel selfish. 
But if you're not healthy and strong, then you can't be healthy and strong for anybody else. Yes. I tell my clients all the time, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to pour into yourself. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we have to get over as caregivers, as women, you know, whatever, that you're being selfish to do something for yourself. And I'm not saying, you know, go out and spend a thousand dollars at Saks, but I'm just saying, sit down and, and read the Bible, you know, read a book, you know, just whatever it takes to recharge your batteries. Cause I really felt like I, f- I felt like I was blinking red there, you know, for sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I I can't give, I can't give to anybody else right now. I just can't do it. So truth when, and you can't pour from an empty cup. That's exactly it. Yeah. So did you ever see yourself as being this caregiver for your mom, your dad, and even your in-laws? Is that something you prepared for or saw coming in the future? You know, I think it's something that we all kind of abstractly think about. We just kind of go, yeah, yeah, mom and dad are getting older, but you don't really want to think about it. Especially, you know, I was really lucky. I had parents who were healthy parents. I mean, my dad was healthy Mm -hmm. as a horse. He's just 83. And um, my mom was always healthy. So it wasn't like her whole life we've dealt with issues I just kind of thought, yeah, mom and dad are getting older, but as long as they were able to get in the car and come visit and do things and go on vacations, I just kept shoving that thought on the back burner. So when it did happen, I'm not sure that I was really prepared for it. And I didn't understand like the decisions that needed to be made because we had to talk to hospice and we had to talk to, you know, home health care, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard hearing the words that were coming out of other people's mouths, you're thinking, I'm not done being the daughter. I'm not ready for this to happen. Even And even if it doesn't end up in, you know, your parent passing away, you still are not really ready to be the, you know, your mom was always the one that brought you the tray and made you the cheese toast and took your temperature and crushed up the aspirin in your applesauce. It's really hard switching over to that role, especially right. when our parents were so, were so um, healthy. And my mother-in-law too. I mean, the only reason she's in assisted living is unfortunately, you know, the stroke took a toll on her right hand and right leg and she needs help with meals and walking, you know, walking around and things like that. And she's, it's just, she is 100% better off where she is. And I love that she's five minutes away from me so we can go visit and bring her stuff and sit and chit chat. But in every other way, she's perfectly healthy and sharp as a tack. So it's kind of one of those things where you just really don't want to think about it, but you really need to. Right. Because it's a lot easier to make decisions about what's going to happen when you're not in a crisis situation. You know, you feel like you're being guided by other people and what they think is best, and you haven't really thought out what's best for your own parent. And I know like now my dad and I have had this conversation and he doesn't want to make a decision. And, you know, he says, what, what would happen if something, if I had a stroke, you know, and I said, well, you know, you've got some choices. We can, 
We can have home health care come in and take care of you. Oh, I don't want people in my house. And I'm like, or you can come and stay in a place near me, you know, like my like mother-in-law. Oh, I don't want to go to a place. You know, so it's one of those things, at least the conversation has started. I think that it's given him a place to think, you know, something to think about so that when something happens, maybe in his own mind, he's reconciled himself to the fact that his life has to change. Right. And the seeds have been planted now. And I think that is one of the most important things that you can do is just like you said, start the conversation. Right. Absolutely. Because um, he's seen it, you know, now that now he's seen it with, he sees how home care is and how, how beneficial that was. Cause I mean, I'm telling you, Kelly, we could not have taken care of my mom completely by ourselves because toward the last week or so of her life, she needed 24 hour a day care and you can't stay up 24 hours. I don't care, you know, how much of a super person you think you are. You cannot do it yourself. Plus with a spouse who is going through this too, you know, he's going through this and he's, he's, my dad basically died along with my mom. You know, he, he, he was in such a place of grief that I didn't want him to worry about doing stuff. I wanted him to sit there with my mom and have, you know, the conversations that they needed to have. Mm-hmm. Having the, the ladies out who came out with home health, it was so nice for me to be able to exhale. And right. say, okay, now, I, okay, I can sleep. I can get a good night's sleep because I know this lady is sitting right next to her and nothing's going to happen. And so it was totally crucial. So that's huge. One of my mm-hmm. favorite stories that you have told is about your mom's party. Can you tell us a little about that? Oh my gosh. The party um, we had for her right before she passed away. I remember um, one night laying in bed, I realized that kind of one of those things where all of a sudden the light bulb went off and I thought she's not going to be here at Thanksgiving and Christmas. This was in September and her birthday was at the end of September. And, um, I was like, we're having a party. We're having everybody. I'll do it all. All she's got to do is show up. So I talked to my dad and I said, all you have to do is just be there. And I contacted my brother and his wife and, you know, cousins and all that. And it was amazing. My one daughter was in New York City and my nephew was down in Florida and everybody's everywhere and everybody's got jobs and everybody, you know, my husband has call schedules and my cousin's a firefighter. So there's things for that call schedules. It was absolutely amazing because my brother, who's a pilot, wasn't working. My husband wasn't on call. My cousin was off that day. You know, all the stars aligned and everybody who we wanted to be at this party was like, absolutely. I am there. I'm there. Got my daughter home from New York City and I brought in all the food, you know, all the china, all the silver, set the tables, you know, made everything beautiful. My um, sister-in-law brought gorgeous birthday cake. And we just had the best day. My mom sat out on the back porch and she had her oxygen and she just looked so pretty. And she was happy to her core because everybody she loved was in one spot. And she just, I just remember sitting back and looking at her and I'm getting all teared up. I'm thinking how how cute <laughs> my mom was, you know, just thinking and I'm telling her, mom, you just look so adorable. You look so cute today. And she was 
as happy as I've ever seen her in my entire life. Everybody was there and everybody was having fun. There's not a party at our house where we don't have bottles and bottles of champagne. And so she's <laughs> on champagne and just being the queen and everybody kind of took turns coming and sitting with her and talking to her. And it was the most amazing day. And her favorite thing in the whole world ever since she was a little girl was sparklers. And so I brought all these sparklers and everybody went out in the backyard and did sparklers. And when we went home the next day, you know, I had Rubbermaid bins of plates and stuff that needed to be put away. But then my dad called me Monday morning and said, you need to come back. And my mother had completely taken a nosedive and she was looking forward to that party so much and just being able to have one big last happy family get together with jokes and children and stories and champagne and all the things, everybody there. It just, I think it just was what she needed to be able to say goodbye to everybody. And I think to have, for all of us to have one really awesome, great family memory. I just think that, I think it was the best gift that we could have given her at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I love that. I mean, because what a better way to celebrate somebody's life. Well, and she was able to, you know, like pull my husband aside and say, you know, read these Bible verses at my funeral or whatever. And she was able to say a few last things to the people she needed to say it to, but also able to mm-hmm. sit and take selfies with my daughters. And, you know, just to have one really awesome day was exactly what she needed. Sorry, my cat just came in. And, and so anyway, but then, and then she didn't have a funeral. Like a lot of people have funerals. She wanted us to celebrate her life. We had a huge dinner party at her favorite restaurant in a private room. And she said, I want everybody to have whatever they want. I want the champagne to flow. You know, I don't want a funeral where there's people crying and sad and wearing black. I want y'all to think about me and tell stories and enjoy each other and be together. And we did. And I mean, yes, there was a lot of crying. It was, it's hard emotionally, but I get together and tell funny stories about, oh, remember that one time (laughs) that granny, blah, blah, blah. I mean, those are the things that just help you get through these hard times. And it's very um, cleansing and cathartic to sit there and laugh. Because I know my mom, if my mom had been there, which I felt like she was, she would have been laughing too. And she would have said, yeah, but let me tell the time that you did so and so. So that was just, that was just very awesome. And to have everybody together afterwards as well. And care for each other. I love that. I love that thought that that you were able to celebrate her. Yes. Well, is there anything that you can think that if you were talking to someone who was about to start this journey, yeah. very similar to how you, what advice would you give? I think I would tell them, first of all, just to look back and to look and see, you know, what your parents need and involve them or, you know, the relative, involve them in the conversation and say, you know, do you want food? Do kind of an assessment. I'm sorry, I'm not being very graceful with this answer, but maybe somehow kind of assess, you know, their needs. And it may be that they need 
help getting to and from doctor's appointments because one person, especially an elderly spouse, has a hard time with the, um, you know, getting somebody in and out of a car or to in and out of doctor's offices and, and, and um, just kind of say, you know, okay, let's figure out what you're going to need. And then I think um, relying on your faith to, you know, is, is huge and, and know that you're not going through this alone and that my faith tells me that we're, we're all, you know, we're going someplace better. We're going to a, to a place where there's not crying and tears. So just to rely on your faith to help you get through this, rely on your friends and your, and your spouse and your own children for emotional support, you know, say this, I'm tired and we're going to have to order out a pizza tonight because I can't do any more. Know your own limitations. Know when you need to be to to be done for the day, and and mm-hmm. say, look, we're all a team. This family is a team. I need I need y'all to help me with um, getting lunches ready in the morning, or taking helping the the little big kids. I need to help you take the little kids. You know, get them ready for school or whatever it is. And I think making them part of the team makes makes um everybody feel important that they're needed because everybody wants to feel needed and to have your look at your children and say i need you now i need you to help me and to be able to um have them there it i think it i think it's good for the children too because it helps them deal with what's going on with a loved one a grandparent or aunts and uncles or whatever Mm-hmm. But I do think that the self-care is is critical. I think that taking a little time out of the day to exhale, as my mother would always say, exhale and lower your shoulders and, <laughs> and just um, doing what it, what you need to recharge your batteries, whether, like I said, whether it's um, reading the Bible, reading a book, exercise, taking a walk, just going outside and sitting and being still for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, do whatever it takes for you to be able to recharge your battery. And, you know, and then after that, don't be, but don't be afraid to ask your friends for help because they all want to help. And, and they know it's, you know, and accept help when people say, can I bring dinner? Don't be like, oh, no, we're fine. Let them bring dinner. Let them bring it. It's a blessing for them. And it's they want to do it or they wouldn't have asked. So we all. I do feel like a lot of times people, they want to be able to do something. And and it is a blessing. And, you know, anytime that you can, you feel like you're helping someone, even if it is just with food, it's as much a blessing for them as it is for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I feel like, you know, by saying no, by trying to be like, no, I can do everything. You're taking away um, from someone else, their desire to, to do a good deed or, and, and to repay a kindness, whether it's, you know, to you or your spouse or your, your parents, you know, they, people want to help people want to be involved and don't feel, don't, 
don't feel like you've got to turn it down all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my dad had this one lady who just would come over and weed the garden, you know, just because she knew that that was important to my mom. And my dad can't tell a weed from a, from a flower. So he would come over and, and just kind of pop by and just weed and leave. And it was, it's just those little things that mean so much. So anyway, let people, let people do. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate your time today and just sharing your story and hearing about your mom and dad. And we wish you the best of luck with your continued, you know, caring for both your mother-in-law and your dad, because I'm sure that that will continue to kind of stretch you in a bunch of different ways. It does, so. it does but, um, you know, I like being around both of them. So that makes it easy and, and that helps. And it helps a lot. And, and, you know, they're, they're both in good, you know, good places. My dad's still at home and um, my mother-in-law, like I said, she's just around the corner and, I know they're exactly where they need to be right now. So anyway, but you just, you know, you just do what you got to do. And I admire anybody who's, you know, going through this with small children. And I hope that, you know, they know that there are people who understand and they're not in the boat alone. And if anybody wants to, you know, just have somebody to talk to, you know, I'm always here for anybody. So it's, it's, it's always, it's always a, a, a nice thing to have somebody say, I know exactly how you feel. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast on Jerry Talk with my friend Jenny Luttrell. I just love that story. I love to hear about her mom. I feel like that's how I want to live my final days. That's how I want to be remembered. And what an awesome way to remember her mother. Guys, if you are enjoying Jerry Talk, please do us a favor and rate and review us on Apple Podcast. It helps so much for other people to find us. Join us every Tuesday for a new episode of Jerry Talk. We hope you have a great week. Bye for now.